Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcast that uh, never goes anywhere but is always going. It's time for the podcaster who really doesn't know what he's talking about, it, but but eventually you'll say in the best way possible. But if you're a new listener, none that may not sound attractive. Here, here's does this sound attractive to you? A podcast. You just barely need to listen to or don't need to listen to at all or could listen. A podcaster that'll be here to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff, but not really put you to sleep and not really just barely entertain you, maybe put you to sleep. These are the things people love about this show, but it does take some getting used to. So if you're new, give it a few tries because you deserve a good night's sleep. Even if you never listen to this podcast again, check out sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. That's got other sleepy uh, stuff on there. Because even if you don't like me or the show, you still deserve a good night's sleep. You still deserve a bedtime you could look forward to. We know how it feels, myself and, and a lot of the other people listening. While we might not have gone through whatever's keeping you awake, we can relate uh, to, to some of the feelings in the deep, dark night. So what's going to happen is I'm gonna, there's going to be a support for the show. That's how we get to be free twice a week. Then there'll be a long, meandering intro that's kind of a show within a show meant to ease you into bedtime. And then there'll be, uh, uh, so, so, uh, be, you know, other stuff coming up from there, uh, bedtime story and stuff like that. Uh, well, to keep you company while you fall asleep. I'm so glad you're here. Like I said, give it a few tries, see how it goes. I'm here to help uh, and keep you company. And it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Thanks for making it possible, my patron peeps. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play, and I'll do the rest. And what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place uh, so that to take your mind off stuff to keep you company so that you could fall asleep. Like a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether that's thoughts, you know, things on your mind about the past, the present, the future, uh, thinking thoughts, uh, feelings, anything you're feeling emotionally that's coming up for you or physical sensations. Changes in time, temperature, routine. You know, you might have something coming up. You might be traveling. You might have guests. You might be going through something specific. Or you might not know. A lot of times for me, it's baffling. But whatever it is that's keeping you awake, I'm here to try to help because you deserve a good night's sleep. If I can say something and you don't hear anything else I say and you never listen to the show ever again... I hope you remember that one part. You deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a bedtime you don't have to dread, that you could feel neutral about or look forward to. You really do. And, uh, you know, that's why I make this show. There's also, I have a website. If you already say, I don't think this is a show for me, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. Has other sleep podcasts and sleepy stuff out there. But you deserve a good night's sleep. Like, you deserve the rest you need so your life is more manageable and that you could build towards flourishing. Because if your life's better, the world we live in is a better place. But it's also important, and you deserve a good night's sleep, and it's important to me, and there's a lot of other people right now nodding their heads, regular listeners, because not only do you deserve a good night's sleep, a lot of us that are nodding our heads right now we know how it feels. Uh, we might not know exactly what you're going through, but a lot of us can relate to how it feels in the deep, dark night or before bed or two day, you know, the start of the weekend, thinking about Sunday night or in the morning or in the middle of the, you know, we know how it feels. Uh, we might not know exactly what you're going through, like I said, but we can relate. So give the show a few tries. It does take a couple of episodes to get used to. That's what just a, hundreds and thousands, if not a million people have told me. It took two or three tries to get used to because uh, the show is very different. And uh, obviously, if you came and checked out this podcast, you're probably skeptical or doubtful. Maybe you've tried stuff year after year after year. 
and you haven't found something that's worked consistently, uh, well, I hope this podcast can help you. I, ho- I hope it can be something that helps. And what I'll do is I'll send my voice across the deep, dark night here. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, uh, pointless meanders, and superfluous tangents. So that means I'll go off topic, then I'll get mixed up. Then I'll say, wait a second, I forgot about this. And then I'll say, what was I talking about? And then I'll get mixed up again. I'm already mixed up about something, and I'm not even, you don't even know what I'm mixed up about. Then I'll misspeak like that. Uh, so, uh, but the whole idea is that uh, the creaky dulcet tones is that my voice isn't tradu- traditionally, traditionally soothing or traditionally soothing. Traditionally is a, is a, uh, a non-traditional way of saying traditional in my head. Uh, but so it's not traditionally soothing because my voice is here to be distracting, to keep you company in the deep, dark night. Because this is a podcast you don't really listen to. You just kind of barely listen. But the weird thing is you can listen. There's a few percentage of people that are listening that can't sleep at all. And I'm here to keep them company. I'll be here to the very end if you can't sleep or if you need a break during the day. But I'm here to uh, keep you company and take your mind off of stuff. Uh, but you can kind of just barely listen. Just like, you know, I go through this every once in a while. You know, there's this popular idea of active listening. And it is a por- important thing during the day. But it can feel like a bit of pressure. It's like, oh, boy, I got to have my listening. You know, who would think you'd have to have a listening A-game? I mean, I guess if they were teaching anything at school, it would probably be harder than teaching maths or arithmetic, teaching listening, and you, it would take a really special teacher. This is None of this is ironic. Like, I'm serious. Uh, but they should teach listening in school. I mean, they kind of try, they tr- like, uh, they try to teach it, but they don't, te- you know, they try to uh, meta-teach it or something. I don't know what I'm talking about now. I mean, it's a key part of learning. But uh, if maybe, I mean, at least for me, I guess I can't speak for everybody else. I could I could use about uh, 24 years of uh, listening education in small bites, please. I mean, I heard they came out with like Duolingo math. Uh, how about Duolingo listening? Usually I shut that off because uh, I can't listen right now anyway. So I can't even listen on Duolingo. I say I got to listen. Li- I can't listen right now. Too distracted. Just keep it to the words, Duolingo. What was my point, though? Oh, you don't need to listen to me. No pressure to have that active listening. You could you could even pretend, but you don't even have to. You say, uh-huh, uh-huh, oh, yeah, totally. Ooh, that sounds like, uh, what a day, man. Yep, I, no, I hear you. I hear you. Oh, boy, do I. Uh-huh, uh-huh, oh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, mm, mm. You could do all that. You could even practice new stuff, uh you say, hmm, okay, okay. Yeah, go ahead, Scoots, keep going. Uh-huh, uh-huh, hmm, mm-hmm. You could pretend you're taking, uh, but that, uh, that's probably a little bit too much work because you can pretend you're taking some sort of imaginary shorthand. Uh, okay, uh-huh. But I guess if you're taking shorthand, there's something, There's here's something that's never been portrayed in a movie that I know about or a show. Uh, but maybe that maybe this like the lur, 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 why did I say worlds the world's loudest stenographer the legend of the world's largest loudest stenographer maybe that'll be uh, is a stenographer and shorthand the same thing I don't know uh, so I guess we'll I guess I know what this episode's going to be about so that's nice I mean that sounds like a good like it doesn't sound sleepy but don't worry it won't be an actual rec- like a because normally it wouldn't take much to be the world's largest, loudest stenographer. Maybe. I don't know. You see, you don't remember uh, uh, my cousin Vinny Three, the stenographer in that movie? And I say I don't, but you could, you could, uh, I'm sure, you know, there's great minds think alike. So, yeah. Was there, who, was there a stenographer in that one? Um Probably there was, uh, if it was anything like my one, that was a film, uh, that had, may, may or may not have a stenographer in there, 
what about what about uh like you say well yeah no no i only take a, I'm, I'm a character actor i only play stenographers uh, or you know i can stretch myself i can be a courtroom i can play a courtroom artist can't make any courtroom art oh boy can i uh do you know i can oh boy can i put can i can i pretend i'm painting or drawing a person uh you know making a speech or whatever Holy moly. But I prefer stenographers, you know, because they have different looks. Oh, this is a sleep podcast? Uh, holy shorthand. Uh, uh, I don't even know what that means, but uh, I just wanted to say, to say that. Uh, phrases that have rarely been spoken. What if you had, if you had, like, if you had, there's a, there's even a punch, like, uh, if you had a, sh- uh, a, a Bible written in stenography or whatever, you'd say, holy shorthand. It's uh, the closest thing to a joke I've ever come up with in this podcast. It's almost, that's like three, three eighths of a joke there. You know, what did this, what did the uh, receiver of that gift the, the, when a stenographer wrote a, wrote a Bible in shorthand, what did they, the person who received it say? We couldn't use shorthand twice. Oh, you're here for a sleep podcast that you don't need to listen to. I think that's what I've been rambling about for about eight minutes. Uh, so this is a podcast you don't really listen to. doesn't put you to sleep either. I'm here to keep you company while you fall asleep. Uh, so I'll be here to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff. Uh, to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar bud, your boar bestie, your boar burr, your neighbor. I'm here to be your friend in the deep dark night and keep you company so that you could fall asleep, to take your mind off of stuff that so you could drift off. So this is a this first sleep podcast, but it doesn't put you to sleep. Doesn't really, it just keeps you company. I'm a friend in the deep dark night. So those are two things to know. Take some getting used to. I think I said that uh, a lot of people get to the show and they're like, what is this? Uh, it never is going anywhere. And I say, well, it's always never going anywhere. Uh, it's just like the, like you'd say the world's loudest stenographer, pretty quiet. You might say, huh, makes sense. Or you might say, none of this makes any sense. And I'd say, well, you're in the right place. So those are a few things to know. Another thing that could throw people off is the structure of the show. And the structure is, uh, it follows a very specific structure, but you can't adjust it as you become a regular listener. Uh, so the show starts off with a greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So hopefully you feel seen and welcome. Then there's, uh, there's, uh, um, so there's a greeting, then there's support for the show. So it can come out for free twice a week, be optional to pay for it. And then there's an intro, oh, then there's support for the show. So that's the support for the show. Then there's support for people, people that, that listen to the show and, uh, support for communities around the show. Then there's an intro, which we're like about 10 minutes into. The intro can be anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes long. And sometimes people associate the intro and the sponsor support and the supporter zone and all that together. But the sponsor supports what keeps it coming out for free on the regular. The intro is supposed to introduce the podcast but if you're a regular listener, it's meant to ease you into bedtime. Or if you're new, it could ease you into bedtime. But ideally, for a lot of listeners, the intro is part of their wind-down routine. Whether you're getting ready for bed, you're doing another chill activity, or you're in bed getting comfortable, the intro is a slow wind-down uh, uh, to give you some space between being awake and asleep. And that's just been what's been shown to work. And actually what works for me is having a wind down routine. Like, so this podcast, it, it, it just can't put you to sleep right away. And I'm not sure, like for some people, they might find something that works for them regularly that does. But for this show, it's a companion. So it eases you into bedtime and ideally just to stop listening to me and, and I keep going. Or some people set sleep timers. But you could kind of adjust how you listen as you become a regular listener, just to see how it goes. So that's um, the, the intro. Then there's support between the intro and the story, uh, so the show can be free. And then there'll be a bedtime story. Apparently, tonight will be about the world's loudest stenographer. 
uh, but we'll probably change that title because you say, why would I listen to a sleep podcast about a loud stenographer? And I'd say, I don't know, because I just saw it. It just came up during the intro and I said, well, that'll make an interesting story. So, but what, like, to me, what's interesting, you say, okay, yeah, that sounds like something I could just barely listen to. So, okay, so that's the story. Then the show ends with thank yous and good nights. So that's the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. I'm really glad you're here. I really appreciate you coming by and checking the show out. And I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple ways we're able to do it for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody. This is one of these famous tales that's never been told before. But I thought I should look up uh, some facts just to, um, like, uh, uh, this is like this tale called The the World's Loudest Stenographer. And uh, I just wanted to uh, look up, uh, make sure I had some of my facts straight, even though I already know the story is uh like a, a stenographer uh and you know just make sure that uh you, you all knew that uh so this is from uh oh maybe i should just look it up on wikipedia so wikipedia comes under stenotype s-t-e-n-o-t-y-p-e the stenotype, a steno machine or stenotype machine, shorthand machine, stenograph, or steno writer. It's a specialized corded type keyboard or typewriter used by stenographers for shorthand use. In order to pass a U.S. registered professional reporter test, a trained uh, person must. Uh, Right, speeds of approximately 180, 200, and 225 words per minute at very high accuracy. Some stenographers can reach words of 300 per minute, and uh, the website has an official record for American English at 375 words a minute. Uh, now, just this is the keyboards, uh, steno, steno, stenotype or stenotype. You say steno? I say sten, stenopad. Stenopad. Uh, no, it's a stenopad. Uh, it's, it has far fewer keys than a conventional alphanumeric com- keyboard. Multiple keys are pressed simulta- simultaneously known as cording or stroking. This is stuff I didn't actually notice. Spell out whole syllables, words, and phrases with a single hand motion. And this makes real-time transcription practical. Uh, for certain situations, because the keyboard does not contain all the letters of the English alphabet, letter, letter combinations are substituted for the missing letters. And there are several uh, schools of thought on how to record various sounds, such as Stened, Phoenix, and Magnum Steno theories. First shorthand machine, stenotype wasn't used for 80 years or more, was uh, a punched paper strip built uh, in uh, 1830. The first machine was 1863, but actual use was 1880 in Italy. In the U.S., uh, 1875, there was a patent filed, and then in 1879, the shorthand machine and 1909 in France, and the, the most uh, related to today's stenotype or stenotype was uh, created by Wardstone, Ireland in 1913, and stenotype was applied to the machine, and uh, modern hardware, the mo- there's modern keyboards that have more in common with computers than they do with typewriters or QWERTY computer keyboards. And most contain microprocessors that allow sensitivity adjustments. So this isn't so so important because this was this is an older tale. Uh, just uh, there's uh, many steno enthusiasts are making and selling keyboards designed for use with Plover, an open source steno software. And there's a few different ones like those. There's also maps of the keyboard layout. 
in describing home position. Steno paper has become almost obsolete with the advancement in paperless stenotype machines. When it's used, though, steno paper comes out of a stenotype machine at the rate of one row per cord. With the pressed letters printed out in 22 columns corresponding to, to 22 keys. Don't know if I understand that. Uh, and there's even a chord chart for consonants and vowels, uh, final consonants, punctuation. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Cover a little bit of shorthand really quick. Shorthand is abbreviated, abbreviated symbolic writing method. That's what I, I always uh, idea of a stenopad. Uh, when I would see them around my house, I don't know. Um, I guess my dad maybe took notes in them sometimes. Uh, they were not in uh, written in shorthand though. It increases speed and brevity of writing compared to longhand. It's a more common method of writing a language. A longhand is a process of writing shorthand is called stenography from the Greek stenos, narrow, and graphene to write. Uh, narrow writing, not shorthand. Uh, give me a little narrow write, eh? It's also been called brachis. Brachography and tachography from Greek, uh, short or swift. So fast writing, that's what I do. Actually, I don't write fast, even when I'm trying to, you know, I don't. And there's a variety of 19th century systems. Uh, many forms of shorthand exist according to Wikipedia. It provides symbols or abbreviations for words and common phrases, which can allow someone well-trained in the system to write quickly as people speak. Abbreviation methods are uh, alphabet-based uh, and use different... So anyway, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't misusing stenographer in uh, this case. Uh, like, uh, of course, uh, the, the world's loudest stenographer... And this was a famous case. Uh, it didn't, you know. Again, these are tales rarely told. And this was actually uh, the um, like one of the times uh, I like I actually helped. It. Like I don't want to brag because you know this stuff. I'm not even supposed to make it public information. But there was like there's times. Uh, mostly, it's involved uh, the trick or treat season. And Lady Witchbeard. But if you're new, like, I do have other jobs other than making a sleep podcast. Uh, though I'd call this a pastime at this point. And there's this one bed and breakfast. Now, I've pitched this actually to other hotels and other companies. But normally, like, I'm laughing. They undervalue things so greatly. Which is weird because they pay for, like, video production and, and video editing and stuff. Uh but, um, like when you tell them, Hey, this is what I would consider a reasonable compensation. They say, well, we were thinking like, uh, you just get a free hotel room for one night. And they'd say, well, it takes me like, uh, to, <laughs> so, uh, no, thank you. Maybe, um, no, thank you. Or they say, well, how about two nights? Maybe three. And I say, okay, that like, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, so, um, I mean, I say appreciate it, appreciate it very much. Uh, but so, but th this is actually uh, different because this is a bed and breakfast. Now, still in the history of the uh, podcast, uh, haven't had really very many uh, situ bed and breakfast situations other than this one. Um, trying to think if I, well, I stayed at a bed and breakfast for a wedding uh, or two weddings, maybe. So, okay. But so, th so there's a bed and breakfast, uh, and it's run by a couple and they you, used to hire me in the early days of the podcast. Cause I was like, well, I, you know, I, I was, I was supporting the podcast with my, you know, my day job. And then this hobby, mostly my day job, uh, and, um, 
like, so, but this bed and breakfast, they said, hey, why don't you come out here? We have a very unique clientele. And normally it's different than a normal bed and breakfast that's usually couples. They said most of uh, our clientele are individual, like individual beings. And they're actually coming for bed and breakfast, like a little R&R, usually multiple nights. And, you know, our clients are confidential. Though I've broke, like, uh, yeah, like I've gotten permission when I've, you know, I said, well, this person was famous, you know, for the monster, you know, Monster Mash or whatever. For that song similar to the, like, uh, you, you know, like Lady Witchbeard for one. I mean, well, actually, you, her real name's Connie, uh, a witch named Connie. That was the first episode Lady Witchbeard was in. Okay, but I'm way off track, as usual. So, where was that? Witchbeard, Lady Witchbeard. So, um, okay, so there's a bed and breakfast. That's where I was. And they would have me go tell bedtime stories in the vicinity of their clients that were having trouble sleeping. And it worked great, uh... But I slowly found that I had a greater role there and I would spend time with the clients in a, in a, just as a, like as a listener and willing to walk with them in an unofficial capacity as a, a helper, but not a, um, I don't know, I guess similar to a friend would help someone, not like uh, giving them advice or anything, but walking with them and, and keeping them company a lot of times. They would go because um, the other thing about this bed and breakfast and where the clients did not drive there most of the time. Behind this bed and breakfast, well, as usual with most of them, there's like a breakfast, you know, outdoor breakfast area. And then there's some gardens. I'm not sure if you'd classify them as English or Scottish or French or... I don't know. And then there's uh, some more water-based gardens. Then there's a duck pond and there's cottages back there, not on the duck pond, but, you know, in between these different features that you may or may not find in a lot of archetypal bed and breakfast. Of course, yeah, oh boy, the listeners, I'd be remiss if I didn't say yes, there were, are plenty of doilies and French doors I don't think, I don't know if you get, I don't know what a leaded window is, uh, but, oh, glass doorknobs, that's another thing they have. Uh, and that's what I expect to find at a bed and breakfast, like uh, French doors at some point, not in my room, obviously, unless I had some sort of balcony situation. Uh, glass doorknob, not necessarily, you know, it, it, just to see a glass door, like an associated uh guess that's not a requirement. French doors probably are, but I wouldn't even remember. I'd say, oh, were there French doors at that uh, bed and breakfast or not? What was the other thing? I mean, stuff in the back, uh, gardens or something like that, breakfast in a bed. Oh, doilies. There's got to be doilies. Uh, tea cozy, maybe. I don't necessarily have to have a poster bed or a canopy bed, but having one, I, I would like say you at least have one on site, right? Uh, like in one of the rooms, uh, bra- probably some bed with brass or iron. And uh, trying to think of other things. I mean, I could go, I'm, I know there's like a society of, uh, in, you know, because I've seen it and I've checked into places. I could do that. Like the Roy G. Biv Institute. Remember, that's another idea that's never gone anywhere, but I'd like it to. Uh, is uh, all my, you know, w- one day all holiday lights will be Roy G. Biv approved. Uh, and you say, does that mean they go in Roy G. Biv order? Not necessarily. It means you pay the fee to the Roy G. Biv Institute and we approve your lights if we approve them. You know, and the fee will help us uh, have the funds to possibly approve your lights uh, certified. RG, Roy G. Biv Institute certified. Also, I have to pay off. Apparently, there's a Roy G. Biv estate. It was some kid and his family after they watched uh, 321 Contact at some point. Uh, typical. It was a kid's idea, at least, but now the kid's are like a. I don't even know, like, uh, older than me, but uh, they said, uh, can you, could, could, could we uh, patent or whatever, copyright Roy G. Biv? 
And I say, great. Uh, but at this point, you know, we've lived long enough that there's probably a Roy G. Biff walking around somewhere. Wouldn't be a Roy because it would be, what about Biff G. Roy? Is there a Roy? Could, could that be in uh, like season five? Uh, it's me, Biv, uh, Bev and Biv, the, tw- the, the Roy twins. Uh, they, they, they could, I mean, they could, be, they could just be cousins or something. I'm Bev, Bev and Biv, uh, Biv and Bev, uh, the Roy twins. Uh, yeah, we're here to, uh, maybe I could just invent them. Like that could be like a new podcast. Uh, oh, that's the Roy's are fictional. Oh no. Okay. Oh, okay. So, um, Oh, the bed and breakfast. So behind the duck pond is also like a little nature walk. But if you go out on this nature walk, uh, again, this is private property, so just don't show up there and try because you can't get there anyway. It's a very specific path. But this path connects to the transverse plane. And I've talked about this, but not in a while. Transverse plane, this was something that I discovered way back, whatever, 2013, 2014, before the glory days of multiverses, you know, before, uh, the, you know, the, like, uh, that became one of the famous, like, like it became, before it really became glorified, the whole multiverse. And I mean, nowadays, uh, every, everybody says, uh, I think I have a general idea. Maybe I'll watch that graphic, uh, Again, to get a better grasp of multiverse, because uh, I'm still not sure I understand it. But uh, I pretend, you know, everybody pretends they understand what a multiverse is. Transverse plane is two different things. The transverse uh, is, uh, I guess it's di- different than the multiverse. It's where, uh, like... Uh, the cross, like, like uh, it's 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 a place where I guess multiverses intersect or cross over one another, or that it's easy. You know, they're closely if if they're like some sort of uh, it's where it's easy to access. Uh, it's a so that's the transverse, uh, which I guess is the same as a multiverse. I think it's just an easier way to, like, multiverse means everything, like, they're all over the place. But then when you start making them, like, oh, there's little tubes, the transverse, you'd say, oh, okay. So I could see that there's, like, they might not be overlapping, but they're within range of another. The transverse plane, so if you go out behind the scene, there's a transverse plane, which just basically means the area you're walking and you can access the transverse plane. Now, the difference between the like uh, the transverse plane is that uh, there's some other force at work because it's not like, okay, I want to go to whatever PQV variant 44 and, you know, take a look at the uh, whatever, Beakverse or something like that. And this one, it takes you where you need to go. So, and only if you're, like, as far as I know, I don't like to brag, but only if you're accompanied by me. So I would take the people, the guests of the hotel, and then I would go out for a walk with them, and we would discover via the transverse plane what we need to bring them on their journey. But I guess it wasn't independent of me because the guests would also arrive from the transverse plane. And probably they'd be out. Somebody would be like, well, you just got, there's probably somewhere else. Uh, huh, I don't even know. Maybe it's just a country lane that they drive down and then there's a parking area and then they come in. But the only reason that's important is that, uh, like, uh, th- that, uh, this was when I was at, this was not that long ago. I was working at the bed and breakfast. I said, I got to keep my, you know, I got to keep my in person, you know, one day people value, uh, in person bedtime stories, uh, at a, you know, the, the realize, okay, you, yeah, you've been making a thousand episodes. No wonder it costs, uh, money. Uh, but so, uh, you know, to do it in person or at a hotel, but so, I was like, I got to keep my game on and it's different, you know, doing, it's not that different doing it in person. I just got to, you know, maintain respectful, but these are non-human people normally. 
or non, uh, what are we called? The mammals, uh, human, human, I forgot. I, I don't know what species we are. Humongous or something. A homo sapiens. And so I was out there and they got, we, they said, we got two guests, uh, and they can't get along they, like, uh, they're from the, like, uh, they're about to go to some big, uh, presentation in the official, like official capacity. And they're both really, neither one of them could sleep good. So we need you to help them fall asleep. And I can't talk about that because that's covered by my, you know, understanding of like, uh, but I can tell you all the other details about them but, you know, other than our professional part. And, you know, also like the parts where I'm, you know, trying to be uh, sneakily heroic. And again, this is stuff normal we don't normally hear about except in myths, and it seems a little bit different. So hearing about it in modern day is probably going to be a bit confusing. But the two guests, uh, one was what you would say is the keeper of the sun, uh, and the other was the keeper of the moon, or the sun keeper and the moon keeper. But really, like, that's just like a simple title, like uh, that one kind of keeps the spirit of the sun and the spirit of the moon. And they also represent the sun or the moon. And, you know, they have different powers or whatever. But apparently, you know, other than Pluto, you know, most of the people, most of the solar system is drama free. You know, you don't have things saying... Your planet, you're not a, you know, none of the other planets have to deal with this, except for maybe Neptune or whoever's last, uh, and Uranus being the butt of a bunch of jokes. There's not a lot going on, you know, like, uh, I mean, maybe songs, but that's cool. I'm Venus, you know, I'm your fire, what's your desire? Or others, you know, Saturn, you know, uh, Saturn's rings, oh boy, are they great. Or, you know, whatever songs, Jupiter, when Jupiter comes out, no, when uh, something comes out and Mercury comes out at night, come on. So, uh, what was I saying? So, there, you think there's not a lot of drama going on in the solar system except for the natural drama, you know, inner, what we would call interpersonal drama. But just because we're humans uh, doesn't mean that a tendency, like that all the tendency, human tendencies, like maybe a lot of this is about being sentient uh, and conscience, whatever a consciousness, having consciousness versus uh, being a human. Some of this stuff, I, I would assume, because neither one of these people were human but I'll refer to them as people because uh, that's kind of how we interacted. And they, you know, they, they, you know, would remind me, and I've been around enough to know I know very little. They say, okay, well, you just, yeah, you, what do you mean you represent the sun? Is Who's going to be next? Representative from the Lollipop Guild? And they said, I'm sorry, what? And they said, like, they said, you don't, you, like, it's not an, I, I can take it without offense. They say, well, it's just beyond your understanding. And separately, and this is public knowledge out there in the um, world beyond our world, in the transverse plane. Wait a second, this might not even have been our sun and the moon. That makes a little more sense to me. Just realize that, uh, but close enough because it was on the other side of the transverse plane. I didn't, huh. Interesting. They came here. Could have been, though. But basically, this drama, you know, drama comes up at times. You know, Earth, uh, are we on the back of a turtle or not? Uh, you know, news at 11. Uh, what, you know, who's, who's like, uh, who's the center of the universe? But this was more of like, uh, it was a real uh, decision case they were going to make. Uh, kind of between the moon and the sun of, uh, like vying for dominance, uh, in the hearts and minds of people for once and for all, because I guess at least where this was, uh, the two of them were going back and forth and I'm not just talking about across the sky, uh, you know, they got, you know, there's gravitational stuff going on. 
and you know they're doing campaigning, trying to win hearts and minds. And I guess people found it exhausting because they said, like, I'd like to enjoy you both or, or, you know, please don't send me, dear son, don't send me any mailers, okay? And just because you didn't mail it doesn't make it a mail. Just because you hung it on my doorknob, uh, soul, do you have soul for soul, you know, whatever it was, uh, don't do it, Okay. And that was pretty much uh, the common feeling. So what they decided was they were just going to have a big case and that a group of their peers would decide along with, uh, um, you know, some sort of person with sound judgment, which one was the best. Because uh, that was basically what they're going, well, I'm the best, you know, I'm like, well, I'm, you know, everybody needs me for warmth. Uh, okay. But that makes me the best because not every, people want, like, desire me. They don't need the moon. They just love the moon. And the sense of, well, you know, and this, like, uh, so it's just kind of, you know, stuff like that. And, and people did try to help them work it out uh, and uh, to, to, to figure out, like, okay. And so, so these two were the representatives uh, of the sun and the moon. And they were, they were so, they were so exhausted. They couldn't sleep either one of them, uh, except, you know, with a little bit of Scoots's magic. Uh, and I really listened to both of them. They seemed like they were going through the same thing. They had great, uh, affinity for, for, for whoever they represented in a belief, uh, but not necessarily belief that the sun was the best or the moon was the best. Uh, they also both were very concerned with like what would happen to them, you know, their 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 uh, planet, uh, sun's different, you know, to their client, uh, to their supervisor. Uh, what would happen if they, you know, the other one won, and that created some, you know, stress too. And I don't want to make broad statements about uh, celestial beings. There you go. But uh, obviously, you know, they uh, they have a, like a, like a heightened version of what you would consider a view of themselves. And they're not always the best listeners. Even the moon, not us, and you know, or the sun. Uh, you'd say, wow. I mean. Uh, uh, like, uh, I don't know who I've told more secrets to, uh, but uh, probably the, the moon. Okay, the moon won that one, but that wasn't part of this story anyway. But I said, well, what if, um, like, uh, who's in charge of this whole thing anyway? And they said, oh, you know, Celestial Council on, uh, you know, Good Planetary Policy and uh, a couple other groups uh, and the official uh, and I said could you and I said this both to both of them separate I said could you do a like a request for a change of venue and they said uh, why and I said well I said maybe some fresh perspective I I said because this sounds like the system is perpetuating this rivalry and, uh, you know, what's going to happen is that, you know, other planets that are visible at nighttime or daytime, whoever wins, they're going to think about it too. And then they're going to want to have their chance. And this could just spread across the whole universe. So, and I'm sure there's a lot of benefit from it being high, pro- I'm sure it's high profile out there. And I said, like, uh, we could settle it somewhat privately. And, uh, they said, okay, uh, what's your plan? Uh, and I said, well, okay, you gotta have, um, you know, impartial person and whatever the, the group of, uh, peers. So keep those. But I said, uh, let's find a spot. And then I had to trust the transverse plane. Now, a couple other things to know about the transverse plane is when you first start walking through. So I walked with each one, uh, the moon's representative, the keep, moon keeper and the sun keeper. 
And we walked, and initially when you go through there, a lot of times it's cotton candy. It, you go through a cotton candy realm, and uh, that really helped lighten up the mood and, and talk about trust building because both of them, they said, this looks like, smells like cotton candy. It looks like cotton candy. And I said, it is. Uh, and then we had cotton candy fights and ate cotton candy, put it in each other's mouths, uh, made cotton candy, you know, beards and hair, even pretended we were cotton candy barristers uh, and uh, members of parliament. Uh, we had a lot of fun with the cotton candy. And eventually we both ended up in a place that I said, well, this could be the place. Uh, like, because I said, the transverse plane has wisdom. So it kind of picked this, uh, like, uh, it was, which was strange. It was like, uh, it was the, uh, like, uh, w- like back when uh, Burger Kings used to have um, uh, a sunroom. That was like, Bur- I don't know if that was Burger King's answer to the Playland. If it was, uh, so. Sorry for laughing at you, Burger King, but uh, all of a sudden, a while in the 80s, uh, Burger King's like had basically like, uh, you've seen it at people's houses where they say, well, this is our sunroom, our whatever you call it, greenhouse room. Burger King just put them on the front of Burger King's, so you could, especially in the East Coast, so you could pretend you're sitting outside in the winter. Meanwhile, they allowed, there's like, we used to throw each uh, ashtrays at each other, me and my siblings. Uh, so, like, this was like a, like a, basically an old version of that. Like, uh, with the sun, I said, well, what about that sunroom? I said, and then the sun started laughing. I said, okay. I said, it's a, I said, it's an area to view the sky. I said, there'll be a good backdrop. Uh, and they said, okay. And they said, well, what would be the valuations, you know, because obviously the Council on Planetary Matters and for the good governance of uh, celestial beings or whatever, they have their own standards. They were going to, you know, basically have us do this. I said, nah. And I said, don't worry, I'll take care of everything. Uh, and we'll get this all figured out. Uh, and I said, the only one, one other thing you had to agree to is that if we can't reach a consensus decision between the person with sound judgment and the peers uh, within seven seven nights uh, of it getting dark outside. Uh, I said, I hope the, the time changes. Uh, and, then, and I said, just 7.24. I said, I'll set a time equivalent to seven Earth days. Uh, I said, oh, yeah, there won't be any night or day without the moon or the sun. They'll be occupied. And they said, okay, we can, we can get them to agree to that. Uh, so they headed off. Uh, and I did inform them. I know some of you are like, uh, what's the ethics of being an imaginary uh, interloper or whatever? And I said, yeah, no, I let them know. I said, you know, I'm working on this with the, uh, the keep sun keeper too and the moon keeper. Oh, okay, don't worry. We'll, we'll figure, you know, because they all had to agree anyway. And I knew at the time that the key to making all this work uh, was uh, someone named Sanders. And Sanders, was she was known as the world's loudest uh, uh, stenographer and uh, transcriptionist uh, or whatever, live transcriptionist. And so I, I got a hold of uh, Sanders. I said, hey, I got something big coming up. Uh, I'd met them on the transverse plane, too. I'd met Sanders out on the transverse plane. So Sanders said, don't worry, I'll be there. Uh, count on it. Uh, and, of course, the like person with sound, I said, don't worry. Uh, this is going to be a, a, a thing. Uh, so then the first day we did calisthenics, uh, the d- day one, and... Uh, like they, the you know, because they all had like they had teams of uh, obviously like uh, well, you know, people that went to school for stuff, uh, to uh, experts in everything, and you know, saying point of order. And I said, actually, I'm in charge of this. Uh, uh, and they said, where's the agenda? And I said, the agenda is calisthenics. Uh, we're all going to be stretching. We had someone to lead calisthenics. 
And uh, so we got to get loosened up uh, for the whole whole day. That's all we did was like do calisthenics, then have a break and a snack. Uh, do more calisthenics, had a break and a snack. Then the next day, I said uh, we're gonna um, we're gonna go tree climbing. Uh, and then everybody said we can't go tree climbing because the sun and the moon aren't out. I said, oh boy, okay, that's. Uh, so we can't go tree climbing. Also, it could be awkward for the sun and the moon to tree climb. And, you know, this, you're bringing your earthly assumptions here. And uh, the whole time, um, Sanders is like, uh, like when I say the world's lost transcriptions, most transcriptionists and uh, stenographers are very quiet. Uh, so Sanders is going, huh, hmm, yeah, okay. Tree, no tree climbing, stuff like that. Uh, then the third day, I said, okay, that's it. You know, everybody dismissed for the day, adjourned. Uh, and I said, I always wanted to say that. Then the third day, I said, okay, okay. Uh, you know, no teams. Uh, the uh, I, I want to both the sun and the moon. Uh, to uh, separately, uh, under your voice, uh, talk about what it might be like if you were the opposite, if you were the sun or the moon. And they said, we're not opposites. And I said, interesting, so you're not opposites, eh? And they said, well, what do you mean under your breath at the same time? I said, okay, how about this? We'll separate you two, and each one of you will... uh, Come up with your own speech about why it's great to be the moon if you're the sun and why it's great to be the sun if you're the moon and what you might think about that. Uh, and you'll just do it here with uh, Sanders. Uh, and this is where Sanders' power really came in because neither one of them was prepared and they had kind of, and I'm not trying to, you know, judge the sun or the moon. But they kind of were relying on their teams. Of course, their teams said, and I said, there is no, uh," I said, I object to your objection. Uh, You're overruled. Uh, So have you listened to any episodes of Sleep With Me? There's always going to be like, and they said, oh, yeah, we have. We're familiar with those get bassos. So each, the sun and the moon, each had to sit there with Sanders and kind of come up with their idea. But the whole time Sanders was going, mm-hmm, okay, yes. Uh, and uh, they both got very flustered because they both felt like, I can't pay, I can't figure out what I'm going to say. Every time I try to say something, they said, can I get another stenographer? I said, I'm sorry, this is the only stenographer we have. Uh, this is Sanders. Uh and uh, then, like, that dragged on for a day. But we got it done. Uh, it, was just, it was just like a thought activity anyway, whatever we call it, thought experiment. And then the next day after that, I said, okay, go, go ahead. Like, you're going to give your own presentation of why you feel like you're the best today. And, again, they had to do that every time. They said, well, you know, I'm the sun. I believe I'm the best because, you know, I'm a source of heat and light. And then Sanders would go, uh, heat and light, uh-huh. heat and light. So sometimes, and I don't think Sanders knew that's the beauty of it, that it's like uh, by repeating it two or three times, uh, the sun did not heat and light. Because uh, the sun would make dramatic, a lot of dramatic pauses. And, and then be, like Sanders did all that for heat and light, and then underlined it. Uh, you know, son says, you know, I, I change with the seasons. Uh, I'm there. You know, there's other planets. Uh, I provide, you know, like you got, uh, there's a lot of other, unri- you know, unpopular stuff about me that I think is pretty good. You know, I got these solar flares. Uh, you know, I can hang up on people's calls if, you know, if, if uh, like, and, and actually the moon laughed at that. And then the moon went and he said, uh, well, you know, yeah, I don't provide heat, but I provide light at night. Uh, and I provide a way for people to follow uh, some changes in time and uh, season as well. I'm associated with the highlights of seasons. 
And, uh, I, you know, I'm easier to look at, uh, which I think is important in this discussion. And, uh, and Sanders said, easy to look at. Uh, and the moon just stopped and kind of glared at uh, Sanders. Uh, and Sanders, Sanders actually said, proceed. Uh, uh, and the moon stared. Uh, and it's easy to look at. Uh, and then uh, the moon kept staring, easy to look at. Uh, the moon was like, are you auditioning uh, auditioning for a role or something? Easy to look at. Uh, and then the whole court cracked up with that one. And I said, by the way, Sanders, this is just how Sanders works. Uh, she doesn't even, like, uh, she's like, uh, you're just here to t- take uh, transcriptions of the thing. Like, don't worry about it. And uh, finally what happened was, uh, you know, this was the one thing, like, uh, they said, well, I, I, like, I can't, like, they both uh, said, can we just stop, please? Can we have a recess without Sanders here? I said, I'm afraid not. We have to have everything transcribed. Uh, I was like, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm thinking about extending this. We're supposed to be done in a few days, but I think we should extend this because you can't, ha- unless we have a record of all these proceedings, uh, how could we ever determine uh, something that's probably indeterminable anyway? And uh, he said, well, you know what? A great idea, though, Sun and Moon. Like, uh, let's stay here. And, you know, just the three of us. And then the, um, uh, it's, it's the person with the judgment and the, and the peers and your representatives, they can all go home. No reason, if we have a record of all this, uh, everyone else could just review the record and go over things, you know, go over it themselves uh, later on instead of having to sit here with the three of us and to work out, uh, you know, a way we're going to determine how we're going to determine something that's probably indeterminable. And then Sanders said, indeterminable, uh, indeterminable. Because I, I paused, you know, I, I'm not pausing now because I'm talking to you, my dear listener, and not to the sun and the moon and, and the gathered representatives. Uh, and everyone else was like, that sounds great. Uh, actually, yeah, we'd have a transcription. We're going to have a transcription of everything. And then, the, the oh, boy, like they said, well, how do we know that uh, Sanders, and then the, the the person with the sound judgment said, Sanders is one of the most recommended uh, stenographers uh, in any 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 layer of the transverse, uh, so don't worry about it. Uh, also, it's being recorded, uh, and... Uh, and then the sun and the moon started looking, and they made eye, like, not eye contact, because, you know, they don't have eyes, but uh, they started to kind of say, like, uh, how did the, the, the how did all this get started? And I said, uh, great question. Uh, how did all this get started? Anyway? And then Sanders said, how did all this get started anyway? And, uh, and the, both the sun and the moon said, I don't even remember I mean, I think it was something about, uh, you know, it was some, you know, bad feelings on an equinox or, uh, or something. And I said, well, I, yeah, I said, we got to this place where it's like one of you has to be the best. Uh, and I guess we got to stay here till it's resolved. Uh, like, uh, either one of you is the best or, we just we determined that it's indeterminable, and Sanders said indeterminable again, and then the sun and the moon looked at each other and they said indeterminable, and then Sanders said indeterminable, and the sun and the moon said indeterminate indeterminable. No, that's what I said. I said indeterminable, and uh, then the sun and the moon said unable to determine. And Sanders said, indeterminable, unable to determine. And they said, yeah, it's not to, you're, you're to, like, uh, they said, uh, that that's, it's indeterminable. And I said, are you saying that we're not going to ever be able to determine which one to use better? Uh, and they, they said, correct, uh, correct. Uh, and so I said, you, 
have uh, come to the understanding that you're going to withdraw from this competition of who's better, the sun or the moon, and just uh, and be like, yeah, it's not. It, it, sometimes you might have a different preference, but that's not something to be decided here in a way. And they said, indeterminable, indeterminable, indeterminable. And then Sanders said that. And then that's how it got determined that it was indeterminable. Maybe, I don't know if it's even the right word. Uh, and yet, and that's how, why we still have a sun and a moon, luckily, because holy mackerel. I mean, think about the ramifications we avoided. And it wasn't me. I mean, I know, you know, I'm going to probably get thousands of letters about how, not once again, but occasionally I do something right by a random process uh, or processes and, or I get lucky. But in this case, all the credit should go to Sanders. Sanders, she knew what she was doing. Uh, she was transcribing. She's the loudest transcriptionist in the world and just had to be herself. And it all worked out. Uh, so whether you're sleeping under the sun or the moon, uh, they're both pretty darn great. Uh, good night, everybody.